I think on a healing journey, though, we can almost be more critical of ourselves because we just want to be healed so badly. Many survivors also struggle with shame and guilt from the experiences we've endured, so commonly we can even feel shameful for falling into a rut. We truly put in so much time, energy, and resources to heal ourselves, so when we do get into a rut, it feels that much more disappointing. If I hadn't done all of the healing I had prior to this low time, though, I wouldn't have had the knowledge to journal my feelings, to go back to the basics, to prompt myself to reflect and determine a realistic plan forward. Those learnings remained, even though in the moment it felt like I had regressed, maybe even to a worse place than before. Hello and welcome to the Trauma Chats podcast with me, Mackenzie May. As a survivor of childhood sexual trauma, I always longed for someone to relate to, to feel less alone and instill hope in me. Now, that's the presence I strive to be. If you're a survivor or an ally of survivors seeking to be empowered, inspired, and educated on sexual trauma and its impacts, then keep listening because this podcast is for you. Welcome back, fellow survivors and allies, to Trauma Chats with Mackenzie May. As always, thank you so much for clicking on this episode. Today, I'll be chatting about the roller coaster journey of healing, the ups and downs, how everything in life is temporary, and towards the end, I'll be sharing some journal prompts that have truly helped me when I'm experiencing a low in my healing journey to bring me back to my center to balance me and help me feel more like myself again. Be sure to follow this podcast, leave a rate and review, and share it with someone you think would benefit from it. Let's grow this community, help other survivors feel less alone, and raise awareness of sexual trauma. Alrighty, now let's get into today's episode. Healing journeys are filled with high highs, low lows, and everything in between. I don't think I've gone a year where I don't at least have a few months of feeling very low, struggling heavily with my mental health, and in those times, it truly feels like I'll feel that way forever. I also usually have a few months of feeling on top of things, feeling balanced, fulfilled, optimistic, and always hoping those times last forever. I think throughout the years, I've been able to look back and realize every low I've had has been temporary, but so has every high. Truly everything in life is temporary. In low times, I feel it's going to last forever, and in high times, I'm wishing it'll last forever. I'll have a few months of feeling stable, on top of everything, balanced in life, and then a change starts creeping in, or something triggers me and starts disrupting that balance. I found that it takes some time to recalibrate and adjust to change or disruption of balance, but in those times of change, which are unavoidable and frankly inevitable, I tend to regress back to old thought patterns, old habits and behaviors, old neural pathways that I've worked so hard for so long to rewire. It feels defeating because oftentimes, before a change, my brain was just getting good at taking the new neural pathways that I'd established, but once my brain feels unbalanced and unstable, it reverts back. 
Then, the more my brain takes those old neural pathways enough, they start to solidify again. I feel like my whole healing journey, it's felt like I've taken one step forward, then once unbalanced, two steps back. But in reality, it's really like two steps forward, one step back. See, even if my brain starts to revert to old thought patterns, old behaviors, and habits, I still have the learnings I've worked so hard on beforehand that I can re-establish. And the more and more I re-establish those learnings, recalibrate my balance, the more and more they solidify and allow me to bounce back easier. Everyone is going to go through change, times of feeling unstable and unbalanced. We are all challenged throughout life. We really can't avoid that. What we can do though is learn how to efficiently adapt, how to bounce back quicker and re-establish that balance again, to incorporate those newer, more aligned, learned behaviors, thought patterns, and habits. What I'm trying to say is we don't lose the progress we made because it's still inside of us. Lately, I've really been struggling with believing in myself and feeling that I'm capable of achieving my goals. I recently learned that this is a common symptom of CPTSD, which I'm really intrigued by and I would love to make a future episode on, so look out for that. But as I've been struggling with this, I've begun to revert to old thinking patterns that I'm not worthy of success, that not only am I not worthy, but I'm not capable of succeeding. I've been struggling with self-deprecating thoughts, constantly cringing at what I say and what I do, thinking I'm ruining the moment. I'm the one to blame when things go any other way than what was planned. I've battled with these thoughts for seemingly my whole life on and off. So now, this time, I'm taking a different approach to getting out of this rut. This time, I'm really trying to reflect on the times when I did believe in myself, when I did succeed, when I felt capable of creating the life of my dreams. What did I learn during those times? What made me feel capable? What made me believe in myself? What I've rediscovered is turning inward, going back to the basics of my healing and consistently taking imperfect action is what in the past made me feel capable and believe in myself. The other day, I was having a breakdown on a verge of a panic attack, crying, self-deprecating thoughts spiraling in my mind, wanting to rip my hair out of my head. And I decided to take out my journal that I saw I hadn't written in for over two months. I just started writing out my feelings, what was going through my mind, ended up jabbing the paper enough to rip some holes from my frustration, and slowly but surely, my thoughts started moving towards knowing I didn't align with the horribly rude thoughts I was thinking about myself, that I didn't have to align with them, and that they were just thoughts coming up due to my old thought patterns that I've determined I do not align with long ago. After becoming aware of this, I was able to sit back and truly observe the thoughts one by one and ask myself, hmm, do I align with this? Or am I going to let it pass because it's only negative thoughts trying to bring me down? After doing this for a few minutes, I was able to come to an awareness that these thoughts were not me. They were my mental illness, old shame and guilt, trying to take control of me, trying to take me back to where I was in the past, in my comfort zone, trying to protect me when there was nothing to protect me from. Negative thoughts of feeling shameful, guilty, unworthy, and incapable are sometimes attempts at keeping you safe, because if we can take the blame ourselves, 
if we can acknowledge that we're incapable, then we won't be hurt as bad when someone else does blame us or when we do fail. In reality, though, these attempts don't keep us safe anymore. These might have worked when we were in an unsafe environment in the past while our trauma was occurring, but now that we're out of that unsafe environment, they do not serve us. They hold us back, make us internalize that we are the problem, and don't allow us to give ourselves enough credit or compassion. As I was writing these thoughts and interventions down, I moved forward to thoughts of, okay, well I'm clearly off balance since my old thought patterns are coming forward again. Why do I feel off balance? I remembered how I hadn't written in my journal for over two months. I remembered I had started a new job, had many other changes arise that caused me to feel overwhelmed and led to me avoiding the gym, not eating nutritious meals, not taking care of myself and doing what makes me feel good, all in that two months as well. For a while, I was racking my brain on why the heck I've been feeling so off when just a few months ago I was feeling on top of the world. And in this low moment, as I turned inward and got my thoughts out on paper, I finally made the realization that I'd just been knocked off balance, which caused me to fall off of what makes me feel like me. This realization was so comforting, and I was able to finally take a step back and show myself compassion. Honestly, I need to listen to episode 3 about rewiring your brain with self-compassion again, because as I mentioned in that episode, I still definitely struggle with that. For me, at times, it's much easier to put myself down than be my own best friend. It's yet Yet another aspect of my healing journey that has its ups and downs. But the truth is, it's okay to get off track. It's okay to fall out of balance. Everyone does at some point or another. This is just another instance that proves everything in life is temporary. The few months of feeling on top of the world for me was temporary, and so is this period of time not feeling like myself. But I can influence how I'm feeling and take action to bring me back to my baseline. I then started writing out some imperfect actions I could start doing right then to catalyze my recalibration back to feeling grounded, balanced, and centered. I went back to the basics. What makes me feel good? I wrote eight hours of sleep, nutritious foods, journaling, moving my body, and reading. Then I realized and wrote, I am the only one who can make this shift to make me feel like myself again. 1% better each day. That's all. After that, I immediately got up and started making myself a nutritious dinner, then got ready for a good night's rest and already started to feel better. I wanted to share this with you all because I know so many people struggle with ups and downs of healing, truly of life in general, because whether you're on a healing journey or not, you're still going to experience ups and downs. I think on a healing journey, though, we can almost be more critical of ourselves because we just want to be healed so badly. Many survivors also struggle with shame and guilt from the experiences we've endured, so commonly we can even feel shameful for falling out of balance or falling into a rut. We truly put in so much time, energy, and resources to heal ourselves, so when we do get into a rut, it feels that much more disappointing. If I hadn't done all of the healing I had prior to this low time, though, I wouldn't have had the knowledge to journal my feelings, to go back to the basics, to prompt myself to reflect and determine a realistic plan forward. Those learnings remained, even though in the moment it felt like I had regressed, maybe even to a worse place than before. This is just all part of the process, all part of a healing journey, of life in general. Healing journeys are not linear. However, they do still positively trend up, and over time, if you put your healing on a graph, 
you will realize that you are so much more healed at a higher point than where you started with the various ups and downs throughout that journey's graph. This is why I think it's incredibly important and helpful to journal because journaling allows you to actually look back on how you thought in the past, where you were at mentally in previous points of your healing journey, so you can reflect and find gratitude in where you're at now. You should be proud of yourself. Be proud of yourself for even trying because so many of us can't even fathom trying to heal something so destructive. You are on the right track just thinking about healing, just listening to this podcast. For my fellow survivors, I want you to know that you are truly brave to listen to this podcast. There are years of my healing journey where I don't think I could listen to a podcast about this topic. I didn't want to hear about it. It hurt too much. But healing truly comes when you seek it out. When you seek out what your life could look like if you did embark on this uphill battle of moving forward with traumatic experiences. Everyone, every survivor, is on their own journey at their own pace. I found that creating this podcast has been incredibly healing for me, but at the same time triggering, heavy, and difficult to create at times. That's another point about a healing journey, is that sometimes you're just not in a mindset to engage in healing. Sometimes you need a break need to step away from it, that's okay. That's why I've had to slow down on this podcast because it was becoming a little too much for me. Whereas when I started, I was full of energy to dive into these topics. Healing is going to ebb and flow. You don't have to constantly be working on something or improving yourself. You can choose to take a step back and just exist on this planet. Engage in simple pleasures of life. Find that balance again, which will all energize you to then come back to your healing and make even more progress. That is the nature of healing and the nature of life itself. I've mentioned in a past episode about three insights I wish I knew before starting my healing journey that you can't heal everything all at once. Trauma literally changes your brain, impacts different parts of your brain, your nervous system, your body, changes your brain's chemistry, and so much more. It would be impossible to heal everything at once. You wouldn't even know everything that could be healed. And if you tried to do that, you wouldn't have time to live your life, spend quality time with loved ones, engage in other goals, etc. It's all about balance and going at a pace that works for you. So knowing this fact, you must internalize that you will always have something to improve upon or heal or grow, but you are not a machine. You are not a science experiment. You are not something that needs to be fixed. You are a human being. And just like every other human being, we're all just trying to grow and move towards the best version of ourselves. But self-improvement isn't the purpose of life. It's only one facet that can improve your existence here, among many other facets like pleasure, connection, challenges, exploration, and more. So the key is to seek a balance in it all. Because what would life be if you only had time to improve yourself, but no time to explore, to feel pleasure, to connect with others and nature, to challenge yourself in other ways? If you're in a rut, not feeling like yourself, feeling disappointed in yourself, or struggling with negative self-talk, know that you're not alone in feeling this way. Know that it's temporary. It will pass and you will be okay. 
Listen to your body and do what makes you feel good. I challenge you to do a similar journal entry that I did. Get out a notebook or your notes app and write down these questions to answer in the future. If you're struggling with negative self-talk, write out those thoughts. Then ask yourself, does my best self align with this thought? Yes or no? I'm going to assume it's no. If you feel up you're going further, I want you to reframe that negative thought and find just one experience that disproves it. For example, I've been having thoughts of not being capable to create the life of my dreams. So I would write that thought, I am not capable of creating the life of my dreams, and ask myself, does my best self align with that thought? Heck no! How can I reframe this? I am capable of creating the life of my dreams. How do I know? Because I've always wanted to help other survivors feel less alone. And guess what? I'm doing that. So that's my proof that the reframed thought is true. If you're not feeling like yourself, feeling in a rut, feeling disappointed in yourself, I want you to journal about the times you did feel like yourself, when you felt balanced on top of the world, even if it was only a day. Discover what made you feel most like yourself. And if you want to go further, write out a simple, realistic plan to get back to feeling like yourself. I discovered that I feel most like myself and proud of myself when I'm eating nutritious foods, getting eight hours of sleep, expanding my mind through reading, and moving my body. I wrote those out, and I wrote out a plan to follow through on those to slowly find my balance again. I kept them very realistic and simple, though, because I didn't want to get too complex right out of the gates and fear of not being able to attain it and then feeling guilty for not being able to attain those on top of how I already felt in the first place, if that makes sense. Imperfect action is better than no action at all. So let me know if you try out these journal prompts and if they helped. These are exactly what I did and I'm already feeling a little better than I was, so I really hope they help you as well. Alright, I know this episode was a little shorter than usual, but that is all I have for this week's episode. I hope it made you feel less alone or you were able to relate a little bit. I truly appreciate each and every one of you for listening and showing your support for this podcast. And if you like it, you'll probably like my Instagram page. It's at Trauma Chats Podcast, so go give it a follow if you're interested. And share this episode with someone you think would benefit from hearing it. Alrighty, have a lovely rest of your day, and I can't wait to chat again soon. I'm incredibly grateful you listened to today's episode of Trauma Chats. I hope something you heard made you feel more empowered, inspired, or more educated on sexual trauma. If you're in need of help or support or seeking to learn more, click the link in the episode description to find resources. If you found value in this episode, be sure to leave a review letting me know or reach out to me on Instagram at Trauma Chats Podcast. I look forward to chatting again soon and I hope you're having a lovely day. Love, Mackenzie May. Thank you.